Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Showdown Joe here. Joe Farrell. Make sure you follow me online at Showdown Joe with today's Fightful MMA podcast. Joined, as always, on Thursdays by UFC Hall of Famer Frank Trigg all the way, I think, in Hawaii. What's going on, Frank? Yeah, yeah I'm in Hawaii still. Yeah, actually, my uh, Joe went out last night. There's like eight 20-something girls in my house upstairs, so I'm down in the lobby doing the interview here because there's too many. Like, I can't take the risk of any one of them walking behind me in the middle of this thing. It's... Uh, my uh, my condo is completely full at this point, so uh, it doesn't sound like that's a problem, Frank. Um, <laughs> it sounds fun, except when you're asleep and it's like two thirty in the morning, and they all come. You know how you know how, how drunk people are when they come in the house. They try to be quiet, but they're not. Shh, he's trying to sleep, and they're all yelling and banging stuff. And yeah, it was fine though. It'll be all right. Tough gig, Frank. Tough gig. Yeah, I, no, I hear you. Well, listen, speaking of uh, what's happening in the world of mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, make sure you follow Frank online uh, at Frank Trigg, uh, all his social media. Uh, I don't think he'll be posting any pictures or any stories, but uh, I, I, I might try and get some out of him. But we'll see. Uh, maybe not on this podcast, but probably afterwards. Um, lots of news in the world of mixed martial arts. Obviously, the big one. Uh, we'll, we'll preview UFC 209 uh, a little bit later on in the show, but the big one I want to get your thoughts on is George St. Pierre. Um, they'll have a press conference tomorrow with yeah. Michael Bisping to talk about the fight. And George St. Pierre, we talked about it over the past few weeks. Who would he fight? Who would he fight? Who would he fight? Michael Bisping uh, was one of the options, obviously, with what happened in Toronto in December. George St. Pierre and Michael Bisping were, quote-unquote, scheduled to fight. But the deal with, with George St. Pierre wasn't able to get done with the new UFC ownership. I know we keep saying new. I guess the current UFC ownership. But now it is done. And now George St. Pierre will take on Michael Bisping later this year. Uh, are you surprised by the news and just your overall thoughts in general? No, GSP is very smart. He's gonna he he picks his opponents. He always is, he's always been like that. After he got through his after he beat Hughes' record, and got through and was like, look, I'm not the best welterweight of all time. I'm the best. I'm pretty much the best fighter of all time in the UFC. Like this is now. It's the argument can be made. GSP Anderson Silva in his day. You know, you got Fedor Emelianenko is the pound for pound best of all time. We're all gonna have these argument. It's it's an argument. GSP smart. Um, McGregor if he fights McGregor. And let's just say he loses. Let's say worst case scenario. And and and, and GSP is a big picture guy. He understands 
everything. He understands the entertainment of the sport. He understands um, how you have to be a gentleman and hold yourself in the sport. He understands the entire gamut of the sport, plus being an athlete on top of all that mess. So McGregor, if he loses to McGregor, it hurts him badly because the guy that's really a 45-pounder that just moved up to 55, and now he's going to fight him at either 55 or 70, but he's the best 70-pounder there ever was. And then if, if McGregor would have beat him, he would have lost a lot of a lot of favor. If Bisbing beats him, it's a bigger guy, a more current guy, a bigger mouth, you know, because Bisbing likes to talk. GSP does not like to talk. It's not a style. It's a sell a fight, I mean. Uh, if you lose to Bisbing, it doesn't do much damage to him. The fight with Connor is a little bit more pomatic. Um, because Connor's a little bit more difficult to get to get down, he's a little more difficult, and he's a little bit harder hitter, I believe, a more accurate hitter, not harder, but a little more accurate hitter than Bisbing. Bisbing is the harder hitter because he's bigger, but not as accurate. So this feels right in the GSP's wheelhouse. Um, when GSP looked at Bisbing a couple of years ago, if you look, if you look at his old fights from a couple of years ago, he wasn't a very good wrestler. Now Bisbing's a very good wrestler. So the one thing I do worry about now is how Bisbing's going to match up with GSP's wrestling, where he might nullify him, which going make it more of a stand-up game. GSP is not a is not a big power puncher. Um, there's there's going to be a question about his chin since the Hendricks fight. He has that long time off though to help your help his head heal. Uh, I think we've talked about it on here before. You can recover your chin. A lot of people say, "Oh, his chin is gone. He's got a glass jaw now." That kind of thing can be recovered from, but it's time off is what you have to do. And most fighters in combative sports aren't going to take that time off. GSP took that time off. So any damage he got from the Hendricks fight has now been recovered. So that was, but there's still a question: Is he going to be able to like to take those punches or not? Bisping is, is going to be a guy that's going to hit him. He's going to hit him hard, but he's not going to stay hit. You know, it's not like getting hit by Robbie Lawler. When you get hit by Robbie Lawler, you stay hit. He hits you, and you feel that first punch in the first round. You feel it in the fourth. It's still a big problem. GSP can come back. He can very easy, he can very easily win this fight, but Bisping can very easily win this fight as well. But it's a great matchup all the way around. Um, the question is, will it do? I was talking about now. Will it do the, the biggest pay per view numbers in the world? And I don't think it's going to sell any more pay per views than GSP normally sells. I think you're right. I think if anything, uh, there might be a a little bit more of what he usually would hit in terms of pay-per-view buys, only because it is the return. There is that anticipation. It's not like we've seen him every three months, every six months, every year. Uh, it's been three years, so I think he'll be in and around where he usually gets maybe a little bit more. The big one would have been with Conor McGregor. But I do want to think about a couple things here when it comes to George St. Pierre and Michael Bisping. Should George St. Pierre emerge victorious, he becomes the middleweight champion. I mean, is this guy really going to fight Yoel Romero? You know, and, and this is this is the problem, um, and this is why it's such a good fight from Bisping's side because, uh, in my personal opinion, Bisping can't beat the top three contenders, and so he's not he's not choosing his opponents. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Dana at, at the time wanted the wanted the Henderson rematch, or one yeah, one of the Henderson rematch, and then the UFC put together this particular the, the the current ownership of the UFC put together this particular fight with with. GSP and, and Bisbing. So Bisbing is not picking, his, he's not handpicking his opponents like a lot of people are saying, but he definitely is 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 wiping his bra off and saying, you know, when you give him these opponents because GSP is an easier fight for him than Yoel Romero. Not saying GSP is an easier fight. Don't go nuts and start emailing me hate, hate letters. I'm just saying that of the two, GSP is an easier fight than Yoel Romero. For Bisbing. For GSP, holy crap, man. He is, if he wins this belt, he is in for a long road of getting his head smashed in. And he might win all these fights. But these are not going to be like, oh, I laid and prayed on you for five rounds. This is going to be a guy that's going to hit you a couple times every round really, really hard. A guy that's going to try to explode out from underneath you and beat you up every single chance that he gets. And then if you get through Yoel Romero, you still got Jacare Souza waiting in the background who's going to do the exact same thing to you. So it's like you, you, you at this weight class right now, 
you have to be big enough, you have to be strong enough, you have to be broad enough to be able to handle all this all this heat and, and, and weight. And I don't we don't we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see what happens to GSP if he's up for the task. We just have to wait and see on this one. What about we're talking about this yesterday with Sean Pearson, and I brought this up saying so the goal with GSP potentially right now is to become uh, one of three other men. He'll become number four should he defeat Michael Bisping to hold two or to, to win two titles in two separate divisions. Um, Conor McGregor being the only one to have it in two different divisions. What if George St. Pierre is actually going for the record of three where he defeats Michael Bisping, hypothetically speaking. I know it's a lot of what ifs, ladies and gentlemen. I understand that. Um, what if he defeats Michael Bisping and says, okay, you know what? That was too much of a fight for me. It's too big. I can't do it. Maybe I should go back to welterweight or should I try my hand uh, at lightweight and then try and fight Conor McGregor at 155 pounds and potentially be that first person to ever win three titles in three separate divisions? Um, completely possible. And we're talking about GSP here. So it's like talking about Conor McGregor. Anything is possible. If those guys set their mind to it, it's going to happen because they want it to happen. They, they have that much star power. They have that, that much self-confidence and they have that much athletic ability where they're able to pretty much dictate what they're going to do within the organization. The flaws for the UFC, I think, would be one of the worst things that could happen for the UFC itself because now they're putting their money into a guy that, oh, I'm going to go down and challenge for the title down at 155. So they have this guy that's like a three-time uh, or the only three-weight class champ uh, uh, and now, so we have the Ronda Rousey situation again, where they're putting all their money, all their heat into Ronda Rousey, and then she loses. What happens now? We've seen the women's division hasn't had that much press as of late. They're really pushing Amanda Nunes now, right now out there in the in the in the circuit. But it's tough. She has a, you know has a very thick accent, and she's Brazilian, so it's very hard to to get her on some of the different shows. But it's definitely working. She's definitely you know working her ass off to make it happen. But you can see that the star power just isn't there right now for her. With GSP, as he's doing this, is a great amount of star power. But then if he loses to a guy like Conor McGregor. It just ruins one of the two. The worst case scenario is GSP wins, beats Conor McGregor, and then loses like an Eddie Alvarez. Now you're like, well, you just lost two stars. We've lost Conor McGregor because GSP beat him, and now we just lost GSP because Eddie Alvarez beats him. So that's the worst case scenario. Is like all of a sudden now we've, we've lost two of our stars. But let's be honest. I want to see, as a fan, I want to see GSP Anderson Silva because I've wanted that fight since they both were in their heyday. And I want to see Conor McGregor and GSP because I want to see the new blood, what he can do with the old blood. That's what I want to see. So if this fight happens, I want to be sitting at home just, you know, throwing champagne in the air and going nuts. But from a, from a business standpoint, it's a risk for the UFC. But, you know, the old owners, that's the whole, how the whole game started is they took risks. Let's see what happens with, these, with the, uh, the current owners if they want to take risks like that. I'm thinking about Michael Bisping, and I'm sure he's never going to shy away from talking trash uh, to anybody, but this is George St. Pierre, and when this boat was originally sort of start trying to be put together back in November, Michael wasn't exactly talking too much trash uh, to George. Do you think he'll amp up his game, uh, or will he be respectful leading up to this fight, or will he just be the old Michael Bisping, where anything and everything to try and get into George's head? So Michael gets pay-per-view numbers. He gets, he gets a pay-per-view percentage, as a champ, as every champ does in the UFC. Um, GSP, I assume, in his contract, still gets pay-per-view numbers. Bisbing is going to trash-talk the crap out of this, 100%, because the more trash-talking there is, it means there's more pay-per-view buys, which means there's more money going into his pocket at the end of the day. So 100%, Michael's going to play Michael. 
He's going to be who he is. He plays a great heel when he's when he's talking about fights, and he's in, and he's uh, uh, even when he's on the commentating booth, he plays the great bad guy. He still plays it when he's sitting on Fox Sports and talking noise. He plays the great bad guy, but everybody, he's the bad guy that everybody's looking to love. Like he's just like there's just some way around it that everybody really really is endured to him because he speaks the truth. He accepts his lumps when he, when he gets when he gets beat up, but then he also has uh, uh, got the attitude and the look. He's got the 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 issue to where he's like, I can sell this fight, so I'm gonna sell a fight. And so he's got the platform. He's going to sell a fight. He's going to have to talk trash on George. It's the way it is. In terms of where this fight will take place, uh, Michael's a champ. He technically could have a say as to where it should take place. Uh, George St. Pierre, you know, widely regarded as Captain Canada. We all know Canada does need an influx or a little sort of a, a punch in the arm, punch in the shoulder when it comes to, to UFC love and trying to rebuild the UFC here in this market. Uh, would it be somewhere where, where Michael would want to have it? Or is the UFC going to, like, look, this is, where the cal- this is where the fight falls on the calendar. It's going to happen wherever we want it to happen. When it comes to superstars, have we seen uh, uh, who's been controlling it so far? What's what's so far with the history to date of, of of the current ownership? What has happened? Have they have they gone? No, this is where the fight's going to be, or have they kind of buckled to the star power of, of what of what's been going on? So we so we have to wait and see what goes on. My feeling, my personal feeling is, this thing's going to happen sometime in July around around uh, International Fight Week. Um, just because that's the best time. It's the biggest viewed. Like everyone's around. It's summertime, so a lot of people are, are at home already. So it's very easy to plan a whole day around. If you can't get to International Fight Week, it's, you can plan a whole day around uh, being at home and, and watching the the, the pre-fight warmups on Fox and then switching over to to uh, watching the prelims on Fox Sports One and then getting over and watching the watching the uh, 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 the main event on on pay per view. It, it it's just becomes one of those things where it becomes an all day affair. And it's like I said, it's summertime, so people are home to be able to do this. So wife and kids and and families like you can invite your the entire neighborhood over to watch this event. And everyone in Canada is going to watch it just because GSP's on it. So it makes no difference if it's in Canada or not. Everyone from Canada, I don't care where they live in the world, will be watching this event. Um, my brother, uh, who's stationed overseas right now, uh, he and I, as soon as the announcement was made, he immediately, he was up. Um, he's in Sarajevo. He was up and he, and he emailed me. He was like, dude, it's a great fight. I can't wait to watch it. He's like, he's like, my whole office is abuzz with this thing. It's been, it was announced like 45 seconds ago. Like literally, they're like they got alerts on their computers. Like, hey, boom! This fight just happened, and everybody stopped what they were doing and talking about. Like it shut down a government office. This announcement, so it doesn't make a difference where this fight happens, because GSP's on it. And I'm sorry, the whole point of that is my brother works with a lot of Canadians, so that's the reason why. So the moment this thing pops up, every Canadian is going to watch it. So it doesn't matter if it's in Canada or not. I think it's going to be in Vegas. And but what the hell do I know? Let's let's see what happens. It doesn't really matter where the fight is. It's going to sell out. It's GSP. It doesn't make a difference. Where, I mean, honestly, they should go someplace where they where they really need to get some help to sell a fight out, like uh, like a, uh, a Denver, which never sells out for them. It's a hard place for them to sell to sell fights in Toronto. Christ, last time GSP, the first time GSP fought there, he sold out. Was it fifty seven thousand people? We worked the show together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, fifty five, fifty five. You know, yep. GSP is going to sell out. It makes no difference. Like, it doesn't make a difference where it is. If if they were they really wanted to put a put a big uh, uh, fu. Uh, to the other promotional markets in the Orient, they could go go to Japan and throw in Saitama Super Arena, and it would probably, it'd still sell out. It's just that's just GSP's draw. That's just what it is. So it doesn't matter where this thing is go, but I still feel like it's going to be sometime. At, you know, I think it's going to be in International Fight Week. It's usually the biggest cards of the year. I think that's what's going to happen. You know what? I think you're bang on. I think that's a great assessment. That's a great uh, theory, uh, and it makes a lot of sense because I've been down to, n- to numerous international fight weeks. It's absolutely insane down there, but the UC you know, spends money to make money, and if they're going to spend money to make money, they want to spend 
X amount to bring in a large Y amount, and there's the fight right there that potentially could happen. We'll know more tomorrow uh, at around 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I think it's 11 a.m. Pacific, if I'm not mistaken, when the weigh-ins. Uh, it could be wrong. It could be 2 p.m. Pacific. Anyways, it'll be right before the weigh-ins, uh, yeah. to my understanding. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I mean, George, uh, I'm looking at my text right now. George is being coy. Uh, he's not telling me where it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's not, uh, you know, he's, he's not biting right now. Um, I want to get to UFC 209 uh, in a oh, moment here. I got a, I got a question for you, though. I want to step back real quick. You're talking about big star yeah. power. So what happens if they want to do uh, put Conor McGregor title fight on as the co-main event and then GSP on as the main event in that, in that fight? And then GSP does the trick, you know, does the uncharacteristically, never calls anybody out, but he says, Hey, I win, the, I won the belt, but that was way too tough for me. I need to go down to 55. And McGregor just won the fight below him. That is a huge amount of star power. But then how do you separate those two stars? Now you have the two biggest That's stars. The thing, on the same the thing. Card. I don't think like, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd put those two guys uh, on the same card. I know if I was in charge of, of the events, I wouldn't put them on the same card. I'd, I'd separate them by at least one month, maybe two months, uh, and build yeah. it up accordingly. Uh, and you know, and just try and get into their management or their people's ears, saying, "Look, man, if you guys want this fight, you do that post fight with uh, you know Joe Rogan. Yeah, start yipping and yapping. Don't worry about social media. This is the platform here because the biggest platform. And I had this conversation with Sean Pearson yesterday in terms of what fighters need to do." Uh, to get to the next level, to really you know expand their brand, and I think the number one item for all fighters is starts off with that post fight interview with Joe Rogan. That's the big one because more people are watching that than the post fight press conference, and more people are watching that than your social media. So I think the number one thing fighters can do uh, to kick things off would obviously be that post-fight interview with Joe Rogan. Then we got into the conversation television. Is television still a viable uh, option for fighters? I remain that it is as long as, as the UFC product is on a television station that has live content, i.e. a sports station, then yes. If it's on a station that doesn't have anything live where it's all you know sitcoms or whatever – no, it's it's not a platform that people are going to watch. It's going to be, you know, it, it's it, you got to have a live platform. I mean, what do you think? You know, I'm, I've always been very surprised that the UFC doesn't have its own weekly show on ESPN. You know, as a live a live weekly show done done in Bristol, Connecticut, where they have where they have whatever champ or whatever big fights coming up, and it's just it's just a you know every week they have whatever the next hot fights are going to be on, and you, you just go in and you sit there and break them down like a sports center type type situation. Where it's kind of live. Like I've always been surprised they haven't had that that live situation. Uh, uh, the fighters are getting better, so I know there's a long time. Um, I'm sure you remember there was a big thing where like, look, guys, you can't swear anymore because we're, we're trying to get. You know, this is way back a couple of years ago when I was, you know, even more than that, five years ago, six years ago. You can't swear during your post fight interviews. You can't because they were trying at that time. They're trying to prepare to get ready to sell the company, which was which was pretty apparent um, uh, uh, now in hindsight that they were trying to prep everything up because of swearing. So the fighters have gotten better with their post-fight speeches. If you look at what we were doing, you know, 10 years ago, it was ridiculous what we were saying. Now the stuff they're saying is like a lot more succinct, a lot more, a lot better. A live platform, as long as you, like I completely 100% agree with you. As long as the UFC is on, is on a, a live platform station, it will 100% network. There will always be space for these fighters and these fighters can make a, a crap ton of money. I mean, even 
Tyron Woodley, who who in his the post fight presser, sunglasses on, and he's very gruff and, and and very you know very stoic. But then he gets in front of the he gets in front of the camera when he's doing the breakdowns of the fights on Fox. He's very animated. And he's very you know he's very uh, uh, very articulate. So all of a sudden you get to see like wow, there's there's our, our two spaces of these fighters. There are two kind of two two uh, different looks of these fighters. Uh, and like we talked about Bisbing earlier, like these guys are great. I mean look at look what's happened to these guys and look at their look at their 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 Bisbing was hated completely hated till he got on TV on a regular basis. Like, no one really liked Bisbee until he got on. They are sort of realizing that this isn't an act. He's not pulling stuff out of his ass. This is really who he is. And he really believes what he's saying. And then he goes on and it happens and he proves it when these other other guys fight. And he proves it when he fights. All of a sudden now, wow, he's the hero. And so everybody, that, that a live TV platform is the best thing to get these fighters up. And they got to fight for it. Like, these guys need to start getting themselves prepared to go in and take over these spots. From an American perspective, uh, obviously I can only speak from a Canadian perspective, but from your perspective, obviously with the UC being on Fox um, and FS1 and stuff like that, they've got UFC tonight. Um, I don't know what other programming, sorry, I, I apologize, that they would have there that would kind of break down fights and have these guys on there. What is the perception, though, from, from the American populace in terms of the UFC, the programming, and what they, what they have available on television right now? I, I gotta be honest with you. All my fans are, are fight fans. We have we have huge. All my fans. All my friends are fight fans, and we have uh, uh, we have huge parties every time there's a big event on. Um, when I go to somebody's house this, this weekend, you know, to, to watch the fights. When I go, it's it's just what we do, right? And I can't tell you anybody that's that's watched. I don't think any of them have ever watched uh, UFC tonight ever. I don't think they've ever have any nuts. And so here's the problem. Like for me personally, this is for me. Um, I have Fox, so whenever anything goes on Fox, I can watch Big Fox. Uh, I don't have. Fox. Sports One. It's it's a it's a another. I have to buy another sports package on my on my cable system to get Fox Sports One. So I can't watch it. And I'm in a building where we can't have satellite dishes off the side, so I can't have Direct TV. I can't have Dish. So for me to get a hold of it, it's very problematic and very expensive. Then add in the price of the pay per views. Sometimes two times a month. It's just not. It is. It's just financially, it doesn't make any sense. Like why would I do all that mess when, honestly, there's more. There's better podcasts on there. That, that I get more in-depth information from other podcasts around there because really when you're dealing with FCC and you're dealing with with big big companies, FCC is down here, uh, watches, we have to watch our language and watch what we say and the appearance down here in America, that when you have to deal with that kind of stuff, you really have to deaden down what you're saying where when you have a podcast like this is really unregulated, we can say and do whatever we want. I could literally be sitting here right now completely naked and it'd be completely fine. And it's not, it's not illegal now. Fightful may be pissed off and he would not let me come back on next Thursday, but it wouldn't be illegal. It's totally fine. So this is one of those situations where where our sport was built on the internet way back in the day when it was only Loretta Hunt and Joe Gold covering the sport. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's on mainstream, but really the people that have been around forever are still watching it on the internet. And that's kind of what, how people go. Uh, I would like to see a lot more internet content. Of course, Fight Pass really helped out with that. But there's got to be another another network that they go to, or Fox has got Fox Sports One has got to get to a position where it's it's now in basic cable, which is why Bellator has such good ratings, because down here Bellator is on Spike on basic cable, so it's a basic package you buy, you get Spike TV, you're going to see Bellator, but Bellator's got like three or four live things on it, and that's it. It's not a live station like an ESPN kind of thing. So that's so then part of my ignorance, I, I was under the assumption that. Fox Sports One was part of the basic, but ESPN is part of a basic cable package. Am I correct? Yeah, ESPN is. Yep. So if you're if you're the UFC, you probably want to think about hey, you know what? When it comes uh, when it comes down, there's no shot at Fox. Oh, I hope people yeah. don't think that. Uh, but when it comes time for these broadcasting rights to come up next summer uh, or before next summer, um, either you spread the wealth or you think about ESPN because the platform is so much bigger. Yeah, and, and it's and it's really a situation where how many Fox shows are there a year? There's like four or whatever. 
the year that, that Fox does. And the Fox, of course, has a Super Bowl and they've got the World Series and, they, you know, they always do big sporting events. But but it's tough to go, hey, four times a year we're having the UFC. The see, see, MMA doesn't have a Super Bowl. We don't have a, a, a World Series. You know, we don't have a Stanley Cup. We don't we don't have that. So what happens is that you have the biggest fights of the year you have to put on Fox. Well, then it hurts the pay-per-view model. You know, and so like now with some because the biggest fights of the year are on or on are on Fox, that's your big four. Now all of a sudden, what are you doing with the other twelve pay per views? Well, they're they're secondary fights. Well, that's gonna lower your, your pay per view. Then then like the ones that are on Fox Sports One for the free cards and the fight pass free cards, like all of a sudden it starts diminishing everything as a whole. So so the UFC's got a lot of stuff they got to figure out, and now is the time they got to start figuring it out. You can't wait until oh we got three months left in our deal. Let's start working this thing out. You know how TV works. These guys are already working on it right now. There's stuff going on right now that we have no idea what's happening, but they're gonna have they're gonna have it figured out long before that uh, next summer when the deal comes up. Uh, I want to ask you a question uh, that we discussed yesterday about Damian Maya. Uh, and I think Sean Pearson kind of hinted at it pretty good, where he said he, this this guy's a victim of sports entertainment. The reason why he's not getting that title shot or you know isn't getting it anytime soon is because he's not. You know, rocking the boat. He's not making any noise. He's just Damian Maya, a fantastic fighter. The guy's been hit three or four times in the past five fights, whatever it is. But he's not sports entertainment. He is a legit, fantastic welterweight that's just not getting a title shot. And Damian, you know, he did say, I'm waiting for my title shot. I'm waiting for my title shot. Well, guess what? Now he's fighting Jorge Masvidal uh, in Nashville at UFC 108. Yeah, UFC Fight Night 108. So... My example, my current example, is Gagard Musasi. Gagard was just a nice guy, wouldn't say anything. Was like, oh, I think it's okay. I think it's time for me to get a title shot. Like, I, I think I'll be great. I think I'll be the next one in line. And then, boom, passed over. You know, no, I won this fight. You see, I knocked guys out. I'm doing so much better. You know, like, I, I don't know why. Like, I should be getting the next title. But boom, passed over. Now, all of a sudden, he starts making noise, and he has his manager Nima had to sit down and go, "Look, we got to start talking some. We got to start talking some noise. We have to get you some fights. You have to, if you want to fight, if you want to fight, start making some noise." The guy went out there and made noise, and all of a sudden now everyone's paying attention to him. They're like, what, what happened? It literally, it was overnight. It was overnight. No one cared what Gagard was doing unless it was fight day. And you're like, oh, I want to see Gagard fight because you like to watch him fight. But you didn't care about any of the prelim stuff, the, uh, the, the build-up stuff. For the next day, literally the next day, it was like, oh, when's Gagard fighting next? What's happening? What's he saying? What's going on? And they were putting stuff out. It all happened at a press conference. After one of the fights, he just like he's just snapped, and like it was literally like the light bulb went on. He's got to become sports entertainment. I wish Damian Maya would become more sports entertainment, but do it in his style. The problem I don't like is a lot of guys get in your ear telling you how to do it. Oh, be more kind of. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, gambling terms. Snake eyes. Rolling ones with a pair of dice. Double down. Doubling the original bet for one more card. Bad beat. When your strong hand gets beat. Illegal gambling can put you at risk. Protect our communities. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. McGregor, be more like Michael Bisping. It, sorry, man, it doesn't work for me. I'm not that guy. You know, I don't, I don't work that way. For Damian, Maia, for Damian Maia, I don't see him being able to be like a Conor McGregor 
or being like a Michael Bisping for from a sports entertainment side, but he can definitely find his own path, his own way, and be that way because GSP sports entertainment, and he hardly talks, and he hardly says anything, you know. But people still listen to what he says and still follow all his tweets and still pay attention to all his Facebook posts. So if you think about it, and I think uh, just based on what you said, you've got me thinking for a second here. The vast majority of of mixed martial arts fan and, and the mainstream fan will favor more of that person that's that's making the noise, talking the trash, whereas a small percentage does enjoy and would rather see the Damian Maya and the nice guys of the world, but they might sell. They just don't sell. Yeah, they don't. And the, and the thing is that this is a business now, and you've got you've to make money at it. And the, and the, the new owners, you know, there's a lot of debt that's purchased with the UFC, and they're trying to get rid of that debt, plus trying to make a profit, plus trying to, you know, everyone's trying to make money. This is, this is what it is. This is, this is, this is business. So how do you do that? You can't do that with, with the Damian Myers of the world at, at Damian Myers' current pace. You can't do it with the Gagard Masasis of the world the way Gagard was eight, nine months ago. You can only do it with the Conor McGregor's and the Michael Bisbings. And the reason why GSP is, is, is so good is because he won so many with the best of all time and leaves on top. Like he left with a split decision or Johnny Hendrickson walks away. And now he decides to come back, but there's still an aura about him. There's still a question about it. Is he any good? Is he still any good? So he's going to sell without having to say anything. If he loses one or two in a row, now we're talking about he's got to, he's gonna have to change games. And now we have some we, we, we're not gonna see GSP anymore, and no one's gonna care. Oh, he's only lost two. Who cares? McGregor lost to Diaz. What's the first thing he did? Called out Diaz. <laughs> he's like, I yep, that's right. He caught me. You know, made no excuses. Got caught. Got beat. I I underestimated his ability to take a punch. I hit him with everything I had. I burned myself out. I got exhausted. Boom. Everyone's like, okay, we can see that. But he kept talking. He kept selling the next fight. Next fight gets signed. Keep selling the next fight. Boom. Wins that fight. Keep selling. See, he's still selling. GSP's not a seller. What's going to happen? Same thing with Damian Maya. He might get himself into a title fight. He might get himself into that space. But then if he loses once or twice, then no one's going to talk to him anymore. No one's going to care. You mentioned Nate Diaz. Um, here's the problem I have currently with the Diaz brothers, which sucks, is that apparently Nick is only waiting for a title shot and Nate is waiting for Conor McGregor. There's a good chance we're not going to see these guys fight for a very long time. Yeah, and that's I saw them at the at the Bellator up in San Jose. Um, they had a uh, I think Asanya was one of their one of their teammates, and they were out there supporting him. Uh, it was great to see them both out there together. It looked really healthy, looked really well, and and they really don't seem like before there was like a desperation in the two of them that they wanted to fight as quickly as possible. They always wanted to be out there. They always wanted to be in the space. And now they're kind of like they're, they're not in that that desperation mode anymore. They're, they're kind of they're kind of chill about how the game is being played right now, and they're just going to sit back and wait for their time. Which means it might be a year and a half or two years before you see him fight. Because what's McGregor going to do? McGregor's not going to sit around and wait on on Diaz. He's going to he's going to go ahead and keep fighting his fights. And then and then you know it, it, this is this is a very big problem. If you want to sit around, if you're willing to sit around and wait, that's great because you can probably negotiate a higher power and negotiate a better fight. Problem is, you just might have to sit around and wait. I'd like to see them as part of this this thing that we've been talking about. Uh, it started last Friday uh, with managing editor for FightfulMMA.com, uh, Sean Ross Sapp. Out of nowhere, we just came up with this organically that a UFC fighter versus boxers pay-per-view card in a ring where the UFC sends in representatives to box with these boxers. You would have Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather he- headlining it. Uh, Anderson Silva and Roy Jones Jr. have already expressed interest in the fact that, hey, you know what? We'll be the co-main event. You could throw in the Diaz brothers in there, Eddie Alvarez, and Holly Holm. Hmm? 
I would love to see that. I mean, the UFC would have to obviously co-promote that, which they, at the old regime, would never want to do. The new one might want to do it. I know it's fantasy, but wouldn't that be badass? Actually, it would be. If we could pull it together like that, that'd be great. That'd be absolutely awesome. I mean, and it gives us all of our all of our cool matchups. We, we, we will see, you know, McGregor get his head smashed in. It, it will happen because Mayweather's just that much better. You, you don't jump into you're not a Formula One you're not a Formula One car driver, you know, for for 20 years and jump into NASCAR and start winning right away. You, you get bumped against the wall. It's just how it works. Uh, uh, the the really interesting matchup, the real interesting matchup that's actually kind of competitive, is is the older Roy Jones Jr. that's been getting that's been getting cracked and falling down very quickly, and the older Anderson Silva that doesn't have the same snap and fire and the same speed to see those two fight in the co-main event. To me, that co-main event is actually more exciting than the main event. The main event's kind of a foregone conclusion. Everybody pays attention to boxing. All right, a um, couple things that I want to bring your way that I was thinking about that that came out of the podcast last night. Sean Pearson said we're talking about Ronda Rousey. We're talking about stars in the UFC. Uh, he laughed. We're talking about the 205-pound division. And he's like, "Who the hell? Is, who's the hell is the champion right now? Because it's not John Jones. And he knew it was Daniel Cormier, right? He knew it was Daniel, but he was just like, who's the champion right now? Nobody knows. Well, we, we, we know. But if yeah. we did walk around the street here and we asked who's the 205-pound champ, champ, they'd be like, is it John Jones? Right? So the UFC is, is, is with signing George St. Pierre, they've got a star I'm back. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, uh, Joe, but there's there's – this is the difference between American and Canadians. Canadians actually get that there's different weight classes. When you ask an American, like, who's, who's the UFC 205-pound weight class champ? Conor McGregor? That's how you get me down here in America. I'm like, no, man, 205. He yeah, isn't Conor 205? Okay, never mind. Let's move on. Sorry, I started to <laughs> Nope, this is totally understand. Uh, I actually had this conversation uh, <laughs> with a friend of mine. We were talking about um, just thinking the, the, the mentality of – some Canadians, some Americans, other Canadians, other Americans, and sometimes it can just be—it's—it's it's mind-boggling. But we just—you just, just kind of have to move forward uh, because you're like, "Are you guys for real? Like, is that what you did? You really just say that? You really believe that?" But anyways, um, so Ronda Rousey's a star. Uh, we saw what happened with Ronda Rousey. There's, there's a you know a, a an overwhelming majority that kind of believes the UC did screw up and pitting her up uh, or the new ownership pitting her up against Amanda Nunes. But if she's still under contract and she still chooses to fight who would you put her up against? And then you go up and down the rankings, and Sean said, no, nah, it's someone that's not in the rankings. And I said, well, well, who would that be? And he looked at me, just looked at the camera, and he said, Gina Carano. Bring back, try and figure out, bring back Gina Carano and pit her against Ronda Rousey. That would be huge. And considering the ownership now, how they want to make money, that would be a massive, massive fight. Well, for a while, for a while, Gina was, was training really hard, like almost like she was trying to get back into a fight. This is uh, eight nine months ago, and then uh, at first, when she first was saying that she was training that hard, I was like, "Oh, she's getting ready for another movie role, and and, and she's trying to get uh, have a different shape or a different look for this particular character." Daniel was like, "Well, she's almost in fighting shape. What's going on with this? I think she still might want to fight if the right offer is put in front of her, the right opportunity is put in front of her. I think he might want to fight." And for Gina, you look at it and go, "Wow, Ronda Rousey has been knocked out twice." I'm a striker. This is going to be fun for me. I'll take this fight. But then for Ronda's standpoint, you're like, wow, Gina Carano hasn't fought in like 150 years. And the last time she fought was, was Cyborg, right? Was Christina Cyborg? That was the last time she fought? Yeah. If I remember correctly. And she got, and she got starched. 
So it was like, this is a perfect matchup for me. And Gina's not going to be able to stop my throws. I'll be able to armbar. It's a great matchup. It's a great money fight for everybody involved. It'll be a great pay-per-view. Um, personally, I'd love to see them put it on free TV on, on Big Fox because it'll get a lot more eyeballs. It'll get you know, 10 million, 12 million views of, of that one particular fight. It'd be great for, for the sport as a whole, but also great for the undercard guys that kind of get, get a little bite on that. But it's, it's, uh, uh, that fight would be amazing, and it makes sense for both opponents to take that fight. The problem is timing, scheduling, and, you know, you know, what's Gina got scheduled out? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, a friend of mine's dad is a, is a A-list uh, actor and he's booked out sometimes two, three years in advance. You know, he's got, he's always got projects in the works, but he's just, he's, I'm out. Like I can't do anything for two or three years. Like this is what it is. Like I'm, I'm booked up, including his scheduled vacations, scheduled days off of the family, like, so, you know, stuff like that. It's crazy. And then you look at, you look at uh, uh, trying to get Rana put together. Is she going to wait, you know, another year, like stay out another year waiting on this to happen? If Rana's really going to continue to compete, she needs to compete. She can't do it once a year. She can't, she can't do that pattern, especially on two losses. She's got to get out there and get going right away. She needs to be. She needs to be back in the cage in like two or three months from now. If she's going to fight again, she has to get back on the horse and get riding. She has to, and it's got to be somebody that is not ranked. But then you have a palm of of what was it last time she fought? You three million was she got paid? Yeah, U.S. So you put her as the main event against a top twenty opponent, and you got to pay her three million. Like you got to spend money to make money. So are you going to make money off Ronda later if she gets herself back together and can build herself back up to get another title run? Or are you not just spinning your wheels? What's going to happen? And I don't, I don't know. This is, this is a tough, tough call because we're dealing with new owners. That's the problem. That's why I'm always having to say, hey, you got to wait and see. you got to wait and see because you don't, we don't really know what the new owners are, wa- are wanting to do. And we don't know what Ronda Rousey wants to do. So we're kind of a, a, a bad this – whole, this whole podcast has been pretty much what if. <laughs> it's the what, what if, if podcast, right? Yeah, what if. <laughs> What if this happens? Which is awesome because, man, would I love to see that fight? I would, I would love to see. Yeah, that. I'd oh. like. To, I'm intrigued, big time. Yeah, that'd be huge, man. I done. She. Oh, I wish somebody. I wish somebody put that one together. That'd be great. That'd be a great fight. But can it happen in four months? Five months? You know, can it make it happen that fast? Because Rana can't sit. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, we don't have to wait uh, for a long time for Saturday's event. Uh, it kicks off with a rematch between headweights Alistair Overeem uh, and Mark Hunt. Now, I know it's UFC 209. Uh, would much rather have seen the Diaz brothers on here, but, uh, you know, pardon the pun, but yeah. Mark Hunt's got a lawsuit against the UFC. Uh, the UFC has now basically tried to, you know, stop the lawsuit, which is what they're going to do anyways. Uh, but he's got to fight and kick off a, a pay-per-view card versus Alistair Overeem. Uh, I'm, I'm, despite all this, I think I'm going to lean towards Hunt in this fight here. I think Alistair's going to realize that he may have a difficult time trying to knock out um, the crazy dude from down under there. Um and try a takedown. And I don't know if he's going to be able to take down Mark Hunt at will. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards Mark Hunt in this fight. What about you? Yeah, I am. I'm leaning towards Mark Hunt. And, and one of the things is, too, is that when you, you can get in Alistair's head pretty relatively easily, uh, in the middle of a fight, you can actually, like, you know, and Mark's a good talker. Like, he's really good at, at, at having snappy things to say as you're smacking him in the face. You know, like, that's all you got, your girl? That's all you're going to do? Okay, all right, let's go. You know, do you want to bring it? Okay, let's bring it. So you hit him with your best shot. He's like, oh, that, that's it? Okay, let's go. You're like, oh my gosh! Like now, what am I going to do? I think I think Hunt wins this one. I, I really do. Uh, as far as the lawsuit goes, they inherited it. They when they bought the company, they got the lawsuit. <laughs> Just like you're like, wow, we this lawsuit go? No, nope, no lawsuit's coming with you. And I get Mark's point. I get it. The UFC hid the fact that that uh, uh, gave gave uh, Lesnar that that uh, that four month suspension or the, the the dropped off that loophole. We didn't have to be tested for four months. He shows up. He 
he fights, he fails, you know, and this is a big man that's smashing on another big man. Like you can have serious, serious long-term health implications from this kind of stuff. And Mark's like, look, you guys hit it. You guys, you guys, you guys did it. It wasn't the, it wasn't USADA. You guys did it. You guys said, no, he doesn't need to be tested for the, for the, for the, uh, the four month protocol trial. So now we're just going to go ahead and, and I'm going to have to get my money from you somehow. And so he sued him and it makes sense. He named the way he did it was pretty ingenious. If I remember correctly and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, because this is what I remember off the top of my head. And I don't have my notes in front of me on this particular thing, but he's not only suing the UFC, but he's suing Dana White directly and Buck Lesnar directly. So the UFC might be able to bail out and only have a certain amount of money because they have protection, but he's going after Dana White personally and for his financial income. So whatever he's worth right now is $350 million or $500 million, whatever the hell he's worth right now. That's all up for grabs. And Mark can get a, a big lion's share of it if he wins this case. Same thing with, with Brock. If I remember correctly, he's suing Brock directly as well, that he's able to get a lion's share, whatever Brock's worth, which is who the hell knows. You know, now he's a Canadian. It, it's a different, it's a different ball game because now you're trying to sue a foreign citizen in America. It's a whole thing. But anyway, he can get a lot of money. There's a lot of people that can be that can be falling from this lawsuit. Sure, I'm sure in the service they're not too worried. Oh, don't worry about it. we got it handled. We're going to set it down. It's going to stop it, whatever. But they got to be panicking a little bit because this this, this will set a precedence for what happens now. Um, it gets guys and go back and start suing other people. Like Tim Means then can go back and sue the the supplement company that screwed him uh, uh, when they when he failed his test because it was, they put uh, illegal substance in their supplement that was not in the ingredient list. And so now he can go back and sue them, even though the company is closed. He can go after the owners. Directly, it changes how the whole format is played down here in America. Remember, we're very litigious down here. We love suing people. <laughs> I was gonna say you guys are every day. On, on, you can listen to any radio station here uh, in the morning uh, or in the afternoon uh, on the drive home, uh, and there's always some story or stories coming mm-hmm. from uh, some crazy lawsuits that we hear south of the border. But uh, it is what it is. But um, yeah, that this whole. Mark Hunt lawsuit versus the UFC. Dana White and Brock Lesnar have been paying very close attention to it because it could be a game changer, uh, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of guys that are that are game changers, that are appearing to be game changers, in the 155-pound division, um, Lando Venata. Most people are like, who? Lando Venata. Lando Venata came into the UFC, very quickly takes on Tony Ferguson on short notice and makes a name for himself, then comes into Toronto and knocks out Canadian John McDessie with an incredible, uh, I think it was a spinning heel kick, if I'm not mistaken. He yeah. is on the pay-per-view card. He is not on a prelim he is on the pay-per-view card fighting after Alistair Overeem and Mark Hunt he is taking on a tough guy in David Tamer who most people don't know who he is but Lando Venata is getting a push by the UFC in my opinion and uh, you know despite being a tough fight it's gonna be a big one for him if he wins it's sports entertainment I mean we're, we're this is you know this is what's happening we're guys that 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 can come from no place, literally out of nowhere, take a short notice fight, have a great victory, take another fight, have a great victory, and boom, now they're all of a sudden on a pay-per-view. And this is how the world works. And this is the, like we were talking about earlier, you gotta get on TV. Like you gotta you gotta show yourself on TV. A spinning heel hook knockout to John McDessie is a huge thing to have happen. And anybody that watches the sport, John's a great karate guy. He's got great speed, great head movement, great defense. And to catch him like that, dude, that guy needs a push. Lando deserves the push. He he earned the push. This is a great fight. And they're evenly ranked. You know, I think uh Lando's like ten and one or nine and one, and David's like, I don't know, six and two maybe or five and one, something like that off the top of my head. But they're this is a very evenly matched fight. These guys are, and they're going to bring it. They're absolutely worth being on the on the uh, the pay per view. This fight, if it was on the prelims, would be like the prelim fight. It'd be like this is this is like the highlight of the entire prelims. If that fight was on the prelims, this now is going to on this card at, at least. It becomes one of those where I kind of feel bad for them that they're on this card. Because you got big bangers and Alistair Overeem and, and Mark Hunt opening up the card, and you got big bangers like like Wonderboy Thompson and and Tyron Woodley closing the card, and you're somewhere in the middle. 
It's like, ugh, like I'm kind of getting overshadowed. People always remember the beginning and they always remember the end. They have a hard time remembering the middle. And so, but this fight is amazing. And I, I really, it's a tough one to call, but just because of the way Lando's been as of late, I'm leaning towards Lando. Yeah, as am I. Um, you speak about being in the middle. Rashad Evans at middleweight in the middle of this card taking on Dan Kelly. I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd put those two names together in a boat. Uh, but how do you see this one going down? Man, this one is tough. I, I love Rashad. He's a good friend of mine, man. It's just Father Time is, is holding on to his ass. You know, he's getting caught up. He's starting to slow down. He doesn't have the same rhythms and patterns. Um, uh, Black Zillions' his camp has, has fallen apart. They had to move gyms because they lost the lease on the, on the old gym. It's been, you know, it's been tough, man. It's been really been tough down there. And, but he seemed to keep it together. He seems to be in good spirits. He, and he's got a really, really busy schedule with all of his TV appearances, all the stuff he has to do on air. So when you got a guy that's older and he's got that much stuff going on, it's very difficult to get great train camps in because, yeah, oh, I'm not, I'm not being physically active. But you know how hard it is to be on camera. So when you're sitting on camera, you go from, you go from a practice. Just, just, from, just imagine going from a workout. I went from a workout, taking a shower, shaving, putting on a, putting on a suit, going to the studio, being on tape for two and a half hours, getting off tape, taking off that suit, going back to practice. Well, yeah, I had rest in between those two practices. I was just on TV. No, but you weren't laying down using just your thumb. You weren't putting ice on your knees. You weren't, you weren't just relaxing, getting your head out of space. You were having to concentrate and move and be on. And, be, and we all have to be on when the camera's on. So he's trying to be up and moving. I think it's too much for Rashad. This one is a really tough fight for me. I am leaning towards Rashad still in this fight, but it's very, very close. It's a very close spot. Yeah, uh, I, I concur with that. Uh, Sean Pearson made a great assessment yesterday. Habib Nurmagomedov, first, he's the first one that I spoke to uh, way back when we started this podcast that said the real 155-pound title fight is between Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, despite my argument that, look, Conor McGregor's a champ. Don't, don't kid yourself. But this is the fight that, that really puts uh, some serious blood in this division. One of them's going to walk away with an interim championship. But Sean believes, as do I, that Habib's going to get the better of Tony Ferguson. It won't be easy, uh, or it might be easy, but I think he does emerge victorious. But the thing is, though, Habib should pull um, a Kurt, was it Kurt Angle or Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect and or million dollar, uh, you know, Ted DiBiase, come out with his own belt. doesn't matter what. It doesn't have to be a UFC fake belt, any belt. And said, this is the real belt. I'm the real champion. Screw Conor McGregor. He already called him a fake champ. This is the belt that everybody wants because it's my belt because I'm the champ. Even before the fight, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And it wouldn't surprise me if Habib did something like that. Now, this is the big fight. What do you think of that angle? And number two, the fight in general. I love that angle. <laughs> right? I love that angle. But I'm also, too, one of those, like, people would always try to put, like, you know, you, know, you can buy the replica belts from the, uh, from the stores or whatever. And they always put the belt on me and, like, take a, take a photo with me. And I always shrug it off. I wasn't the champ at the time, but the, the era has changed, man. It's a different game now, man. Like, yeah, like I really love that angle walking out there. Like, you know, he's a fake champ. I'm the real champ. This is what it is. Like, I like that whole game and, and showing up at the press conference with the, with the championship belt, slapping it down in front of the microphone. Like, boom, I'm the guy. This is the way it's going to work. That's sports entertainment. That's what we've been talking about. He's going to sell himself right in that damn fight. And it's going to be a million dollar, million dollar plus payday for him. It makes complete sense. I think Habib wins the fight as well. I, I love Tony Ferguson. I just don't think he's got what it's going to take to beat him. It's just, just it's, he just doesn't. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be, in, in my mind, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be all the work that happened in the gym 
is going to make the fight look really, really easy. But this fight is really, really tough for both guys. Both guys are training their asses off. They're really working hard to get themselves in the right space to fight. But I think Abim is going to make the fight look easy when he gets out there. He's going to be like, oh, it's totally dominated him. It's because all the hard work he put in the gym. Because this fight is going to be, it really is, the, it really is the championship the championship fight of the weight class. It really is. This, this is the true number one, number two contender. Both guys have earned their rights to be these guys. And I, I really do think that that, uh, that uh, Beef should pull that belt. I really do think he should walk out there with that belt. It'd be great. The main event should go off around 12.15, 12.30 Eastern time, Sunday morning. Uh, it'll be the proverbial round six between Tyron Woodley uh, and Stephen Thompson. Uh, both guys said they are bringing, or they will be bringing new things to the table, which they should. Uh, but eventually, once fatigue kicks in, you go back to what you know, and then one could be wrestling, one could be striking. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see how this bout unfolds. What do you see happening? Man, uh, one of the things I'm very happy right now, I live in Hawaii, uh, because right after the fights are over, I get to go eat dinner. So when the fights are over for you, you're going to bed. <laughs> for me, it's seven, like it comes on like seven fifteen, like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go eat dinner now. We're good. Like when fights are over, let's go eat dinner. So I'm leaning towards Wonderboy in this one. I am, and and it's unfortunate. And and, and Tyron's gonna be pissed at me. He's gonna want to. He won't talk to me for like a year now because I, I said it. <laughs> but you know, it, it's not it's not personal. This is just how I see this fight coming. I think the fourth round really taught us a lot about Wonderboy. He's not going to go away quietly. He's not going to go silently into the night. He's going to fight and crawl and scratch and try to find a way to survive and get himself through it. And then the other problem is you look at the first round. He wasn't warmed up yet. He really wasn't ready to go in the first round the last time they fought. He kind of was like, eh, whatever. Gives up the first round was just because it's a five-round fight. First time I've been in a five-round fight. Let me save some energy. Now he's been through a five-round fight. He's like, I'm going to. I'm going to find a way. Like I'm going to find a way to get this fight to make this fight happen. I'm leaning towards Wonderboy just because he's now got the personal confidence, and we saw that his he was faster with his kicks, he's faster with his punching. He doesn't have the punching power that Tyron did. Uh, Tyron obviously hit him a lot more and hurt him a lot more. But it's a uh, it's this fight is very interesting. And it's very close, and I can't even imagine. Uh, uh, how this fight's going to break down. Like you can see, there's, there's, every time you think about this fight, there's 5,000 ways this fight can go down. So I just want to see how this thing is going to work. You know, it really you have to, this is another one of those wait and sees. We've got to see how this fight goes down. But I am leaning towards Wonderboy just because he's faster uh, and, and he's more accurate with his striking. Well, as Frank thinks, uh, I go to bed after the pay-per-view. Uh, I don't. We have to do a post-event podcast with Sean Ross Sapp. So after UFC 209, uh, we go live uh, even before the press conference starts. So we will go live, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Ross Sapp and I, we will dissect uh, this full card here. My Saturday will be spent at a kid's birthday party during the day. A portion of that kid's birthday party will, will turn into the adults having some beverages. Uh, hopefully, uh, I will have only one, perhaps, if not none, to come home, watch the pay-per-view, do the post-fight podcast. Liar! Liar. <laughs> Try oh and get God. some sleep because... Uh, on Sunday, I leave for Mexico with the family. So it's going to be uh, an interesting weekend. Frank, before we let you go, anything you want to say to the peeps? Yeah. Joe Ferraro is Canadian. He's not having one. <laughs> they don't have one beer at a birthday party. It's not how it works. Uh, poor Thank Joe. goodness no. there will be nothing live over there, and I don't know what Frank is talking about. <laughs> it's awesome. No, it's been great talking to you again, man. Can't wait to be on again next week, man. Oh, you're, uh, how long are you in Mexico for? Uh, I'm in Mexico for a week. Uh, we haven't decided yet what's going to happen if someone else would okay. like to step in on my behalf or if there'll be no podcast. I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll have someone step in. But yeah. uh, as soon as we know, ladies and gentlemen, we will let all of you know. Make sure you follow Frank Trigg at Frank Trigg. Yours truly at Showdown Joe. We want to thank Frank, as obvious, uh, for coming on here. Obviously, he's got, uh, I think he said, like 12 women uh, in his 
apartment or his room or his house or some of that in his room. So um, I wish I was in Hawaii. Never mind, ladies and gentlemen. I kid. I kid. I kid. All right. This guy's all done here. Thank you again to Frank Trigg. Thank you to everyone who tuned in live and to those of you afterwards who tuned in on iTunes and on Stitcher. We thank you very much. Don't forget, FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. Tomorrow, we'll see what's going to happen. Likely Recoon breaking down all of the UFC, all of your bets, your proposition bets, as well as my article coming out on Fightful MMA, your fun bets for UFC 209. Till then, ciao for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.